So once upon a time, the Westboro Baptist Church came to Omaha to be obnoxious. I won't claim that what they do is a protest because a protest is a righteous thing for me and what they do is not righteous. Indeed, I don't think they even believe the things they say or care about what they say. Their whole point is to antagonize people to the point of physical confrontation so that they can sue individuals and also sue municipalities and cities uh, for not protecting them. So anyway, they came to Omaha and they were going to demonstrate at a high school graduation. And me and my colleagues in the Episcopal churches in the area got together and talked about, well, what should we do about this? Because we knew their intent was just to cause a conflict and antagonize violence. And we don't want to do that. But we also didn't want their demonstration go unchecked for there not to be a response. So what we decided to do was throw a party. See, the cathedral in Omaha is right across the street from the Civic Auditorium where the graduation was going on. And the area in which Westboro Baptist Church had negotiated with the police for them to stand and be was by the Civic Center. And so across the street on the lawn of the cathedral, we pulled out a gas grill, started grilling out and cooking food and had a potluck. And we made all these wonderful signs with, we love you graduates and yay students and way to go congratulations and all just joyous possible messages to the kids who were graduating and just threw a party. And it was, it was, uh, it was a farce. Uh, it made Westboro Baptist look like a farce because here was four, five, six people with their mean hate on one side of the street. and Here was a hundred people on the other side of the street just throwing a joyous party. It was street theater. Today we're reading Mark chapter 11, AKA Jesus becomes a street thespian. Chapter 11, we begin the Passion narrative with Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And I say it that way because it's political street theater. It's satire. Jesus is making a farce of the powers that be with the way he enters the city, at least the way Mark is having him enter the city. Again, I'm pulling real heavily from Ched Myers here, but I agree with him uh, a great deal because uh, Myers compares Jesus's entry to Manahams, who had been a rebel leader who uh, led the part of the, ins the insurrection in 66. Now remember, Mark is in writing in Galilee, not Jerusalem, but writing in Galilee somewhere between 66 and 70 uh, CE. And, but in the summer of 66, Manahem, um, according to uh, the historian Josephus, broke open an armory of Herods in Masada, gave all the weapons out to both his troops and to the people, and then proceeded to have a military procession as a king into Jerusalem to lead the siege of the Temple Mount. 
So Mark is writing in contrast to that, presenting Jesus not uh, armed to the teeth, not procuring what he needs by breaking open Herod's military institutions or installations. Rather, Jesus gets what he needs, and it's a simple ass. It's a donkey. It's a mule. And that's what Jesus rides into the city in. Myers takes it so far that he says, This parade, then, is filled with conflicting signals, as if it intends to be a satire on military liberators. I agree with him. Jesus' followers aren't armed. They've got palm fronds. No one's ever been killed by being hit with a palm frond, right? Um, versus the revolutionaries and those leading the revolt in Israel at the time of Mark's writing who were trying to do things through militant means. And obviously that didn't work. Uh, the temple gets destroyed and Jerusalem gets uh, sieged and razed. Uh, so the nonviolence of Jesus's alternative community is shown by his entry into Jerusalem. I think it's also, though, a satire of Rome and the Roman authority. Because here's Jesus coming in as a king, riding on an ass, versus Pilate, who was in Jerusalem for the Passover. And Pilate did not normally rule from Jerusalem. He normally ruled from Caesarea. And so uh, he had a Roman imperial procession take him into town. And that would have involved war horses and armor and centurions in their red plumes and and the imperial standard which is the eagle that symbolized rome that they carried on a large stick into battle and it showed whoever was under that uh, was had carried the power of rome behind them um and it, it so it's a big contrast jesus is engaging in satire against rome as well as we continue to read the rest of mark's gospel Look for these ways in which Jesus is saying, see, the emperor has no clothes. Both the emperor of Rome, Pilate, the powers of the bee at the temple. He's, as Walter Wink put it, he's engaging the powers and unmasking the powers and showing them to be what they truly are. Um, and so let's keep looking for those signs, those literary devices in the way that Mark portrays the story of Jesus's uh, passion and crucifixion and then implies the resurrection. We'll get into why it's an implied resurrection when we get to chapter 16. Keep reading, y'all. We're, we're getting close to the end. We're gonna finish this week, and uh, there's a lot to cover, and I hope you stick with it, and I hope you remember, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine.